Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Cinnamon Rollers. He Mm. is back. He made cinnamon rolls. However, he screwed him up. (laughs) He's also referring to himself in the third person, which is... A major turn on. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when my husband talks about himself as himself. Hey, uh, real question. What's up? Are you a mediocre baker if you're not trying to make your own icing, which then makes your tummy hurt? (laughs) You tell them about the icing fiasco. Just real quick for all my cinnamon rollers out there. If you don't know what a cinnamon roller is, I just eat cinnamon rolls. Uh, But you, listener, what we call our listeners, are cinnamon rollers. And I make cinnamon rolls fairly often, but I hadn't made them in a while. So I got back in there, made some cinnamon rolls. I realized, oh, I don't have any leftover icing in the freezer. And you thought, as a mediocre baker, you'll just whip some up. I was like, I can remember from like four months ago when I made cinnamon rolls. I'll just make some. Spoiler alert, you cannot. Spoiler alert. uh, Fast forward to 12 hours later when I had eaten two cinnamon rolls and my tummy was very unhappy with me. And we weren't really exactly sure what caused yeah. that until you yet again until had, i had a cinnamon roll this morning i took a couple day break and then my tummy like immediately hurt i was like oh i bet it's this icing i tried to whip together yeah. with like a handful Deductive of ingredients reasoning yeah put two and two together i got my stethoscope out i got my magnifying glass out i got my <laughs> radiology gyrometer uh, out what's the the richter scale seismometer seismograph yeah i did all those and then i called mark <laughs> mcgrath and he was like Hey, man. And then, he was like, and then you got out your spirograph. Yeah, Do you and remember then those? Mark McGrath was like, "Hey, man, it's the icing." That's how Mark McGrath sounds. First Everyone of all, knows. nobody knows what Mark McGrath sounds like. That was the point. <laughs> you doing a Mark McGrath right. impression right. is the dumbest. Yeah. So anyway, I want you cinnamon rollers to know that even the cinnamon, the original cinnamon roller himself, can make a bad batch. And I'm gonna, ha- I'm sad as this is to say, I'm gonna have to throw them away. Here's the thing. They really make my tummy hurt real bad. <laughs> oh, gosh. That is a real travesty when you have to throw away yeah. baked good. Yeah. But you know what it excites me? It makes you stronger. Making a new batch. You know? <laughs> Wait a glass and, half full that. Yeah. And also, like, let's look up a recipe for icing. Let's not try and do that ourselves. How many times have I told you this? Every I'm time I... am not going to try to, like, genderize this, but I do think it's a very predominantly male (laughs) (laughs) affliction to think that you with Google at your fingertips can just come up with a recipe. Is Google at my fingertips? Is it? Yes. Yeah, it it is. (laughs) It is. It very much is. Uh, Anyway, so that's the uh, the cinnamon roller update. So all you uh, cinnamon rollers out there, just follow an icing recipe and enjoy your cinnamon rolls. Anyway, uh, is there any other preamble stuff you want to go over to? It was preamble stuff you want to go over to? (laughs) It really goes. So it started as... The preamble. Then it's the preamble. Now it's the preamble. Now it's the preamble. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you had Just, a little birthday yesterday, didn't you? As of recording this. Of course. This episode going week. up. Yeah. But I did have a birthday. I am 30 thrice. Yeah. And. It was a good day. It was a great day. Solid I day. I love. It, it really goes back and forth. Some years we really go like all out and we do something 
like yeah two two big highlight birthdays we can just quickly share in the preamble sure i think i know what they are i hope i know what they are go ahead well if one birthday you surprised me with a trip to new york city and you didn't tell me the destination until we got to the airport definitely couldn't do that these days and, yeah i couldn't do that <laughs> and you got tickets to jimmy fallon and so that was really that was fun. a cool that was a really cool trip. my side fun fact to that this was like probably three or four years into our relationship and yeah. all my friends thought you were going to propose on this trip oh yeah yeah and yeah. i was like no. You guys need to know who this is. And they were like, oh, yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me just repeat, no. Uh, this was actually, like, I think that was peak I Wear Your Shirt time because the way that I got the tickets for Found, this That's is just a right. very quick aside. It's the, a preamble. You don't have to be quick. Yeah, the producer of the show at the time found I Wear Your Shirt and was literally, like, I remember getting emails from him. He's like, I would love to have you on the show, but, like, I just it doesn't fit. Like, there's just no yeah, way to no make place this. For you. Like, Gary Vee got on Fallon. It was like, we do the Did wine like tasting. Bit, yeah. And like, that kind of makes sense because like, anybody could then go yeah. and like, I'll do a wine tasting. What are people going to do when they nothing. see nothing? So he just like, kept in contact with me and yeah. it was such a cool contact to have and he kept telling me so many times, if you ever come to New York, which I was going fairly often, like a couple times a year, he's like, let me know and I'll get you tickets to Fallon. And I, I just always thought like, Oh, that's he cool. It's not going to happen. Yeah, he doesn't really mean it. And then it. I had this idea of, oh, let's take Carol to her birthday for New York because the tickets are actually fairly cheap. I had a couple hotel connections. I could get a hotel for free. That was awesome. Well, let's not continue to talk about how cheap this <laughs> birthday was. It didn't feel hey, cheap bro, to you, did it? It did not. But, like, <laughs> stop, stop, like, taking the curtain aside <laughs> and, like, showing all the cables that are on the ground. Yeah, look at all those sandbags. This is how the show gets done. Babe, you're such a romantic. All right, I got a two for one at Sizzlers. <laughs> but honestly, though, doesn't it make it, you love me Do more? You know what this reminds me Go ahead, of? sure. We're in the preamble. It can remind you of anything. Okay. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but a guy I dated in college, he took me out to Ruth's Chris for our anniversary. Wow, and he, baller. in the car, told me that he was gifted the gift card from his family. <laughs> And I got, when I tell you, I yeah. got legitimately mad at him. Yeah. I was like, hey, man. <laughs> now I would not care in the slightest. Right. But like, because it's a good use like, of a gift card. I was like 18 or 19 right. at the time. And I was like, that's, you just took something that felt really fun yeah. and made it like, yeah, hey, that's... I re gifted this to <laughs> yeah. our anniversary. It just, I, I have this gift card lying around. So I put it in a card and I love you. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make me feel bad about our New York trip at all because our New York trip was fun. No, it was really fun. Yeah. But I just thought that was really funny. You just kept, you were like, and then I had some hotel connections. <laughs> then, yeah, yeah, I got a free dinner. And, all right. Anyway, what was the other birthday surprise? Um, I mean, last year was really great. The potato, the entire no, no, potato no, but day. That wasn't really a surprise. Oh. I mean, it was a surprise you didn't know, but. The. Ch- the trip to Northern California? Yeah, Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara trip. And oh, then our the, friends. No, I was thinking of the other trip, other birthday trip, when we rented the car. Oh, yeah, but that one wasn't a surprise. That was a plan. Boy, I am such a great birthday you, person. Yeah, you are. You're. A, Have you, you surprised me with any trips on my birthday? I took you in that cardboard Lamborghini <laughs> last year. You sure did. Okay. Code Lamborghini. Last year was great. Yeah, in the living room. I also... Have, have I any, like, like full trips you've planned where you've just, like, taken me to the airport no. and we've gone on an adventure and you've maybe used a two-for-one Sizzler coupon to make it happen <laughs> first of all it's really hard to plan surprises for someone who cares about logistics and details because remember when i just softballed up to you last year i was like hey i was oh no it was this year i was thinking of secretly renting a car because yeah. you keep talking about yeah, you wanted to rent experience. me a geo metro stop it what have i done but a i was Suzuki in my mind there was like two cars and then i was like is he gonna 
is is one day going to be enough? And then I just like softballed it to you on a walk and you were like, oh yeah, yeah, don't do that. I wanted yeah. like more days. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. was like, you're the hardest person to plan a surprise for. Yeah, here's the thing. Book it to Cabo. There's like three hotels in Cabo that we love. We go there. We have a couple, like, great, boom, nailed it. That's okay, a great trip. If I had some hotel connections, <laughs> if I had some coupons, get some, maybe. Get some, get some connections. Anyway, uh, so your birthday this year was very low key. Not very a, no surprises. So I think that was the point just you're getting good to. Good food. Some years you want to be like surprised exactly. and felt made special, and then some years you, you just, just want, want to melt fade, melt made felt like I don't know what happened there. You want to melt fade. You want to melt fade. You want to be made to feel like just, the, the day is just a normal day. Yeah, it was delightful. I tried to stay off social media. I had no responsibilities. We didn't work, and we just ate good food and just had like a lot of little joyful things. Got dressed up. Yeah, went to a nice dinner had at a such new place. A lovely dinner. Together. Yeah, that was great. I mean, right on the ocean. You can't beat that. That's fantastic. So anyway. All right, that's the uh, preamble, I believe. That's the preamble. That's what everybody signed up for. This is the time, and most people are like, "All right, I'm done with that podcast. Yeah, <laughs> next one." Yeah. That's all Please I want. send us an email and let us know do you only listen for the preamble Ooh, or love... do you skip the preamble and you only listen for the tips or are you a start to finisher? Now, if you listen to Or Apple... do you only listen to the movies? If you're an Apple podcast listener, send your comment through the reviews. That's how I would love to oh, hear from our right. Apple podcast listeners because it's just like who leaves reviews for podcasts anymore anyway? But that's a great place you to do, get. You do, listener. Uh, yeah, but if you don't listen to an Apple podcast and send us an email, hello at Wandering Aimfully. Great. All right, let's get into this week's episode, which is all about... Saying no. Yeah. We thought it would be interesting to do an episode about this idea of... The phrase that comes to mind is, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. And it's this idea of saying no to clients, yeah. saying no to opportunities yeah. that come through your inbox, saying no to even products that you feel like are a good idea, but for any number of reasons, they just because you can create that product doesn't mean that it's the right choice. Yeah. There's so much to this topic that we want to get into, which we have a ton of notes for. But I think one of the things that really stands out to me is what you wrote down, and maybe we'll start here, which is it's so easy to tell people the advice. Well, just say no to the opportunities. But when you're at the stage of your business where you're a bit in scarcity mode, which by the way, spoiler alert, everyone starts there mm -hmm. everyone lives there and also people come back to that place unfortunately just because of the nature of the roller coaster of business yeah scarcity mode meaning i don't know where my next client's coming from i don't feel like uh i'm making enough money with my business i don't feel like enough things are working that feeling like there's never enough of yeah. what's happening yeah i just wanted to define that for yeah people. absolutely and so the kind of like overarching and maybe starting place here is that getting from that scarcity mindset into a mindset of abundance where you basically have the ability to say no is we think one of the best things that you can do and it doesn't have to happen just because you have like a full client roster for a whole year it happens because you decide that it happens and you go no from the beginning or from where i am right now drawing your line in the sand I'm no longer gonna be in scarcity mindset. Yes, I don't know where my money is coming from for my business next month, but I'm not gonna take on just any opportunity because all it's gonna do is maybe put me in like a negative place if I have to deal with a bad client, or it's gonna overwhelm me if I'm trying to create a new product, or it's gonna do all these things that future me is gonna get kicked in the teeth because of. Right, That's I specific, specifically want to talk to people at a very, um, specific part of the journey which is people who have been around the block a little bit in their business they were operating in scarcity mode 
But now they're starting to feel things pick up a little bit. They're starting to get more client inbound inquiries. They're, or they're starting to get more opportunities to be on podcasts yeah. or to do speaking or whatever those, you know, partnerships or these different things that come through the door. And I think it's important to recognize that you might find yourself filling up your plate if you're in that place saying yes to everything because you're still in that scarcity mindset. So actually, you might know where your next client is coming from. Yeah. You might actually have more of a client roster than you can even handle, but you're still living in that mode that it could all be taken from you. And I just want to point that out so that if you're in that spot, you have a moment of awareness to go, wait a second, I actually have more leverage now than I think I do. Yeah. And going back to what you just said, if I don't start pulling the reins back, if I don't start saying no to some of those things, I'm actually going to sabotage what little yep. momentum and success I have accumulated because I'm going to get burnt out or I'm going to drop the ball with clients because I'm I'm overworked, those types of things. So yeah. I just want that moment of you know, light bulb for some people going, oh, that's what I've been doing. I've been saying yes, 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 even though I'm in a place now to be able to say no yeah. and ask yourself, is it time to make that switch? Yeah. And this is where I really think it becomes important as a business owner to say, what's my enough number with my business? Let's just do a really round number, $3,000 a month. Sure. I am a person who has a couple clients. I also have like a small digital product that I'm working on on the side. And I'm making enough money with my business right now to meet that number. And that's not my like my goal number that I would love to get to that's like a little bit more than that. Maybe let's say that's like $5,000 a month. But I'm starting to get some inquiries. And what I'm realizing is I may be booked out for like two or three months in advance, but I could take on another thing or two right now. And that would get me close to that $5,000 number without realizing that if you did that, you're now so overwhelmed that you're not actually gonna enjoy being in that place. And so what I think is important to realize is kind of what I talked about in one of these bullet points, which I think we're just jumping around our bullets, but it's fine, is instead of saying no, say not right now. Mm -hmm. And so if someone comes to you and says, hey, like, you know, I wanna do this branding project, or you're a branding designer or whatever, and you don't have any room right now, but you think like, oh, I could squeeze them in, like I could work like 10 more hours a week. Because you're afraid that you'll yeah. lose the business. Exactly. Instead of saying no to them and just like, Nope, I'm in a place of abundance and I'm, you know, I'm not going to be in scarcity mindset. I'm just going to say no. Say not right now. And so create a waiting list that someone can get on. Create a, you know, 25% deposit thing where someone could book your time in the future and that you can start to say, I'm not going to say no, but I'm going to say not right now mm -hmm. and I'm going to push this down the road. That helps you a, create a more sustainable long-term business because you're booking things further in the future, but it also helps you create boundaries, mm -hmm. which are really helpful so that other people see you, oh, this person really respects their time. They are really yes. well sought after. And I should also be willing to wait for them if I really want to work for them. And if someone doesn't want to wait for you, then they're probably not going to be a good client. They're going to be the ones who are emailing you at midnight asking you where things are when you're like, hey man, we agreed, or woman or person, we agreed on a deadline and let's stick to that. Mm -hmm. So those are the things you really would need to realize. Yeah, I think the thing that always comes to mind for me also about saying yes or saying no is this idea of leverage. And I don't mean it in like a manipulative power dynamic sense. I just mean recognizing that when an opportunity comes to you, if you're not careful, you will 
give that other person all the leverage, all the power in that request. And so you will think, oh, I need whatever they're offering me. I need it. Like, right. It's the scarcity mode thing. And so you will say yes, because you just you are subconsciously putting yourself in a place of less power because you want whatever they're offering you. But I think it's important to remember that you can have the leverage too. You have leverage over your time. You have leverage over the things that you're willing to tolerate. um, The types of clients you want to work with. Right. And so it's just about taking that deep breath and going, okay, you know what? I I can have leverage in this as well. Yeah. And especially if you're someone who is now booking up your client roster. Yeah. You, now you need to use that leverage to say, hey, uh, I would love to be able to take you on as a client, but I actually am f- fully booked through X amount of date right now. You know, I have this slot available. Would you be like, you know, just remembering that you have leverage in the scenario and taking that moment to step into your own power so that you're not constantly giving your power away to other people. Totally. And just because someone pays you money for a service or a product does not mean they have ownership over you in any way, shape or form. Right. And I think one of the things that always comes to mind for me is when we have a difficult teachery customer, teachery is our online course platform. Mm-hmm. When someone is very difficult, I try and draw boundaries with that person. Mm-hmm. And I try and do it in a very friendly way. We just had this happen this weekend. I told yeah. you about one. And and or not this weekend, yesterday. Someone emailed and they had some very simple requests. They wanted me to like look something up and whatever. And then in a follow-up message, they said, Can you also give this to me by this time? And that time was one hour after their message was sent. Now, I just happened to be checking Teachery's customer support at this time. It's a very easy request, so I could do it. But I also let them know. I said, hey, happy to help out. As you know, this they've been a customer for like two years. I am so happy to help you with any request at all. Like you you can always get a hold of me to Teachery. However, what I'm not okay with is being given a time-sensitive request that's one hour away from when you need it. I said, if you want it, 24 hours is a bare minimum. 48 hours would be great. That's just you appreciating and understanding my time as well. And that's what I would, that's my boundary. I'm setting right. that boundary. And it's important to note, like, I do think we live in a, time now where especially with software and things like that people have come to expect 24 7 support which is fine if you are a business that you know says that you have a full support force but it's reminding people that we are as we call it a mom and pop SaaS company we're just two people we're human beings and so I think that you set drawing that boundary with that person saying here's what's okay here's what's not okay um and sometimes you know, boundaries feel really uncomfortable hard yeah. and uncomfortable. And that's what we're, I guess in a roundabout way, that's what we're talking about with this episode and saying no is figuring out what those boundaries are for yourself. But I, I think I read it somewhere and I wish I had the person right now. Um, I'll, maybe I'll try to Google it, Google it. But, um, but you told me Google was easy when I was in the it's kitchen. It's at your fingertips. Yeah. But it just always pops into my head, but it says something along the lines of if you set a boundary and someone gets mad at you for setting that boundary, that's just confirmation that you needed the boundary in the first place, you know? Um, And so I think that's really an an important thing to note and tell people what is okay and what's not okay. And just because you can respond to the support request within the hour doesn't mean that you should or that you should let that be the norm. Can I tell another quick teacher story? Absolutely. So one of the things, and so this goes back to the scarcity versus abundance mindset, is I remember fairly early on in teacher, teacher's been around for eight years now, I would get emails from people that would say like, hey, uh, is teacher right for me? And then like 39 questions later. 
And and to be honest, I probably, for some of those emails, could have said yes to all those questions. Like, yes, we have these features. Yes, we can do these things. But the type of person that is going to email me 39 questions, and I'm not exaggerating. Some of them were that long. Most of them were like 12. I, that's not a customer I want to have because I know that that person is immediately setting us up for a relationship where they're going to have lots of questions. I'm going to have them, I'm going to have to devote a lot of time to answering them. I don't want to support that person. And so early on, it's it not was just about, I just want to clarify. It's not just about questions and not no. wanting to help people. It's about people who don't, they are taking advantage of your time to, to make their job easier. And truthfully, probably 98% of their questions are in our help docs. Exactly. They're That's on our the features important caveat. page. Yeah, I yeah. Didn't, you were kind of sounding like a jerk a little bit. So I just yeah. want to make sure people knew you're not Make a jerk. me not sound like the jerk yeah, 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 yeah. that I am. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I, and early on when I would get these emails, it would make me feel uncomfortable because I it would be me thinking, oh, I'm throwing money away. Like I'm letting money go out the door if I don't answer all these questions. And that's the scarcity mindset. And then at some point I just flipped the switch and I just said, no, I don't want to work with these people. Like I don't want these people to be a customer who are only paying $49 a month, even if they were paying $4,000 a month, like it's still not worth the energy and effort for me to have to feel like I'm at their beck and call and have to answer all these questions that are easily findable in all of our docs and everything else. And so I really just started very slowly and replying to these people and saying like, hey, I, I don't think Teacher is the right fit for you. I wish you the best of luck in your search. I, and, I, and then I would just give them options and say like, hey, I think these three other platforms might be good for you to look into. Mm -hmm. And what I found from those replies is that most people would just write back and say, oh, thanks, I hadn't heard of those platforms. And then they would go and check out those platforms. And very, very, very rarely, and I've probably had hundreds of people by this point who I've had these kind of email exchanges with, I don't even think there's been one person now that I can think about who who were like angry that I wouldn't answer their questions. They were all just like, oh, yeah, okay, clearly you don't want me as a customer. You know, it's not a good fit. I'll just go somewhere else. And that's mm -hmm. fine. And I, I think that part of that for anybody, if you don't have a software like Teachery, but you do work with clients or you do have customers who email you lots of questions, is to realize, oh, I, I can just say no to people in a way that sets me up for future success in my business that doesn't make them feel bad or make them you know, upset, but also shows them that this is how I run my business. Well, that's the point that I wanted to underscore is part of saying no is really thinking about the future business that you want for yourself. And I actually think this is a really important note for those of you who are not at the place of leverage. Like you're still in scarcity yeah. mode because it's really hard for you to hear this and think, how do I say no when things are not working but it's like if you don't set the practice of setting those boundaries early so if you convince yourself that the only way to get your business going is to accept all the clients every single person who comes to your door you're actually going to make it harder for you in the future for your business because now your portfolio is kind of muddled i'm yep. not telling you what you should and shouldn't do obviously it's up to you but could we yeah it's up to you <laughs> to make those choices but i'm just offering something to think about is that when you say yes to anyone and everyone, you are not, you are potentially making it harder for yourself to get to a place of leverage, to get to a place because then people don't know what your specialty is. You've taken, you know, all different types of clients. Some of those experiences go well, some don't go so well. It knocks your confidence, those types of things. Yep. Instead of just saying, okay, I'm gonna actually set this boundary, even though it's a little bit harder to be disciplined right now when things aren't as go going as well. But I trust that if I take on clients that are well aligned for me right now and I ask myself that question just because I can doesn't mean I should or yep. repeat that phrase to myself, 
that it will set you up for long-term success. Yeah, I think the other really important and helpful tip we can offer specifically for that is, what does a dream client look like for you? Mm-hmm. Like, what what are their traits? What are their um, ways that they communicate? What are the things that, that they could do as a client that would make you really want to support them and work with them? Write those things down, have a checklist. And when someone comes through, make sure that they're ticking off all those boxes when you work with them, because if they're not, you're gonna have a bad situation. And then guess what you're not gonna do? You're not gonna enjoy working on your business. And all of a sudden your business is gonna be something you loathe doing, as opposed to something you dreamt of doing that could set you up for you know working all the hours that you wanna work in your own schedule and on the stuff that you wanna work on. Yeah. So I think just like one really practical thing is whether you have a service-based business, like you're a freelancer and you do design or whatever, or even if you sell products, is to make sure that you have the right customers buying your thing. Like you don't have a bunch of people who are only seeking out free stuff that you're trying to convert into paid customers. That's always gonna be an uphill battle and you're always gonna feel like you're building the wrong audience for your business. Yeah. So I think it's just really important if you can define those things, then you have a little bit of a checklist that when someone comes through the door, you can go, yes, not a good fit. And future me is gonna be really upset if I take this on because I'm sacrificing a lot of my values. For sure. I'll tell you one area that I have struggled with this idea is specifically when people come through people that I you know are either acquaintances of or like online acquaintances of and it's like partnership requests like oh will you promote my thing or will you do my summit or will you do my podcast and you know early on I said yes to pretty much all of those things for a couple of reasons one yes selfishly like I was trying to get more visibility so it was like a win-win But also, I just, on a very basic human level, I wanted to be friends with people. I didn't want people to think that I was standoffish or, you know, didn't like collaborating. But over the past couple of years, I've really learned. I've gotten myself in some sticky situations where I've said yes to things and really had to follow through on them. And then my mental health was at a place where it was not a good idea or... You had too much work on your plate otherwise. So much work. It it felt like a burden. And the thing I have to remind myself of is if it feels like a burden, I'm doing that person a disservice anyway. Yeah. Because they they want people to be a part of their thing that are 100% in and excited to be there. And it's gotten, you know, it's hard still. Like I have this one girl who I swear she always reaches out at like the worst times. It's like when my eye thing is happening or it's like when my mental health thing is happening or when my dad was in the hospital. It's just a timing thing for us. But what I've learned is you just have to be honest with people. And if she ends up thinking that I'm flaky or I'm not, then that's okay. I have to, I have to be okay with that. Um, all I can do is manage the truth on my side of it, which is, I just, I'm honest. I'm like, Hey, you know, this is what's happening. I would love to be able to say yes, but I can't for these reasons. Um, and I, I say no to so many things now because I just tell myself, like, if I can't be all in on it and granted, we're at the place where visibility wise, we have our own thing going. So that makes it easy. But the thing I wanted to share is if you feel like it's a great opportunity, but it, I think we posted this on Instagram one time, but if it's, if you feel like it's a great opportunity, but it requires you to sacrifice your mental health, it is not a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Like great opportunity objectively, sure. But great opportunity for you at this time in this place, no. Yeah. And you have to be okay with that and protect your mental health and your energy at all costs. And the one thing that I've learned in the years of doing all different types of businesses, all different types of ways, is your next great opportunity will not be your last great opportunity. Absolutely. So especially when you're in that scarcity zone, you might think, oh, 
someone reached out to me that I don't know to be a client. It'll never happen again. It'll never happen again if I don't say yes to this person. And that's not true. It is not true. And the more that you continue to show your work, the more you continue to create content on social, the more you continue to grow an audience and, and just do all of those things on repeat and through your own way with your own unique experiences, stories and talents, people will find you. Yeah, and I going back to this idea of leverage, listen, I'm not trying to bring like a... I'm listening. You don't have to tell me to listen. <laughs> I'm not trying to bring like a manifestation spiritual context to this, but I do think there is something to the type of energy you bring to your business when you start to say no to things because it means that you are taking your leverage back. It means that you are standing in your power. And I think it means that you're cultivating a level of confidence that will bleed over into your business. Yeah. So it's something to think about trying is practicing this art of saying no. And you, it might just change the way the energy that you bring to your business and the way that you feel about yourself and your skill set. Is it sort of this mentality of like, no, you know what? I don't have to say yes to everything. I know, you know, that I have the skills to do this. I know that more clients are around the corner or more opportunities around the corner. And that you might bring that energy of power and, and leverage to your business, which then will attract more opportunities and clients. Yeah. And if you're, as you talked about earlier, not a person who's in the scarcity zone, maybe you are in the abundance zone and you're trying to navigate all these opportunities, just like you were talking about. It's also really important to remember that just because you say no to someone doesn't mean that they're going to think you're a bad person. Right. And I think that's such a deep-rooted human thing. We just want to please other people and mm -hmm. we want to make other people feel good. And what we have to realize is if someone's going to think I'm a bad person because I'm protecting my mental health or my boundaries, that's on them. That's not on me. And that's a really important switch to make because then you start to take control of these interactions and you start to say, I've been kind in my response and I've explained why this isn't a good fit for me. And now if they're coming, because you've had, I've, I've read some of these emails where you've said no to some of these like summit things. And people come back and be like, I can't believe you said no. Like, it's just not like, they're not necessarily mean about it, but they like make you feel guilty about it. And I'm like, that has so much more to do with them than needs to do with you. You set up a boundary, you, you told someone that it wasn't a good fit and they came back and said something different. Like, they can think that way. That that doesn't mean anything about you being a good or a bad person. And so I think it's just important to realize that when you're starting to say no to people, that however they're going to respond to it, it is not a reflection of how you should feel about yourself. Yeah, I mean, and it's also just about clear, getting very clear within yourself about where your priorities lie. And that's just something I've done over the years is like, my mental health is the, we, I've said it many, many times, my mental health is the number one priority yeah. because without it I can't function as a person without it my business falls apart our relationship suffers all those things so actually it's been this clarifying force over the years because your opinion of me is worth so much less than my opinion of me and yeah. my mental health and so you know I know that not everybody can get to that place yet because it takes a lot of unlearning to get there but you have to pay the the price the hard way a few times to then get to the place where you're just like F send me the email back that makes me feel yeah, like I'm a, I, yeah. I don't care yeah because you know what's worse is saying yes and having a panic attack or saying yeah. yes and then having to actually call you the day before and saying I'm I'm at a place now where I'm completely yeah. laid out and I can't do it you know and, and or, then disappointing or saying yes to one of those opportunities you're on the fence about 
and then going through with it and it having a negative ripple effect to the things you do care about. Like right. that's one of the worst things you can right. do that we've all run into where you're like, wait a second, I did this thing I don't even really want to do. And now all of a sudden, uh, you know, I have all these, this ripple effect of, of things happening. Right. You're, it's the day before a summit and you're yeah. like, oh, I got to prepare my thing. And yet you have three other clients that are already past deadline, you know, Who and you're you just actually like, want to do work yeah, with and, and like, they love you. And where are my priorities? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Anything else on the notes you wanted to that, talk about? I feel that, like we kind of. Yeah, I mean, the last thing, although once I started saying it, I thought to myself, did we record a podcast episode about saying no to... The Notion Starter Pack? I think we did. I think in the value in the offer podcast, because okay. we talked about the value ladder, no. the chef's kiss, like those types of things. So uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, you can go listen to it. We talked, told the quick story of our Notion Starter Pack and how people were reaching out to us. And we basically said no to creating that, even though it seemed like there was a lot of interest in this opportunity, but it just would have taken away from our main thing that we do, which was the sponsor of this episode, William Unlimited, <laughs> which is such a great sponsor. Amazing. Uh, so you can go That's listen it. to that episode. Yeah. Okay, so that's it for the uh, the coulds and shoulds and woulds? Yeah, I think it's just about taking your power back and realizing that you are the one responsible for the way that your future unfolds based on the things that you say yes and no to. Yeah. And it's okay to say no. Uh, cool. All right, let's get to movies. Okay, do you know what movies? This it's is... a three a threefer. Okay, let's, you got them written did down. Did you remember? Yeah. What were you just thinking of? Uh, well, I was definitely thinking of the Hot Take movie, okay. obviously. I was talking about the three movies we watched on Saturday. Are you including Sunshine in that? Yeah. We watched Escape Room. We watched Sunshine. Yeah. And we watched Lord of the Rings. Okay. So let's let's leave the hot take to the end to keep people listening, obviously. So the first movie, this actually- This was a marathon. By the way, if you added these three movies, it's like seven hours of movies we watched on Saturday. Uh, Well, unintentionally, the first movie was one I was just going to watch by myself. Yeah, Yeah. And then I told you and you were like, I want to watch that movie. Yeah. So that movie was Escape Room. Uh-huh. And the, the entire premise of this movie, I think the second one literally just came out as in theaters right now. Uh, the entire premise of this movie, and if you've listened to our movie reviews for a while, you're like, wait, this isn't a classic movie. We're kind of like transitioning out it's, of classic movies. It's all movies. getting very blurry Yeah, at this We're just point. watching movies, it's okay? It's just movies. This is our movie time. It's Rotten Potatoes. It's Rotten Potatoes. Uh, Escape Room everyone has heard of escape rooms obviously so the whole movie is predicated on this idea of this group of people comes to a building and they're going to go through an escape room together and they all are trying to get like this ten thousand dollar prize if you make it out like that's kind of i wouldn't say it's a horror movie as much as it's like a thriller yeah it is labeled as a horror movie yeah it's labeled as a horror movie but it's it's not really that scary yeah uh, it's definitely not that gory either. It, there is some stuff, but just, you know, if you're like a little bit squeamish, watch the trailer and make sure you can like handle that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, overall, I would say this movie, very enjoyable. Very. You know why? Clues. Clues. You I love a movie with clues. Give me a national treasure. Yeah. Give me a any type of movie with some sort of scavenger hunt element. Yeah. I love clues you really do love clues and this movie had all the clues this movie has a lot of clues got a lot of things to figure out each character is kind of like going through these different scenarios in their own little journey and you're kind of going oh is this gonna happen is this gonna happen uh there's a couple little twists and turns and fun things and i thought it was a really like plot wise a very creative yeah premise for a movie Yeah, I think execution-wise, also just like yes. very enjoyable. Kept our intention the entire time. Um, I think the characters were all pretty good. Like you, the production design. Yeah, you were really interested. Sure. So yeah, overall, I think it was a, a worth a watch if you like those types of movies. If you're looking for a thriller, I'll give it an eight. <laughs> throw an eight at it. <laughs> yeah, I'll I think I would actually eight. give it an eight and a half. Wow. Because 
the reason I give it an eight and a half over an eight is because I wanted to watch the second one right after. Oh, that's that to a good me means like, test. Yeah, you wanted to do it. So and then we found out it was in theaters and we couldn't. And we were like, like oh, mad. Yeah. So our, instead, Escape Room uh, of, first movie. Instead of Escape Room two for our second movie, which is what the original plan was, we had to pull an audible. Yeah. And you, for many weeks now, had said you wanted to watch this movie Sunshine. Yes. So I remember watching this movie when it came out, and I remember. So the cast is pretty well cast we've got chris evans we have killian murphy chris evans before he was captain america it's true uh there's a couple other like pretty big name actors that have been in a bunch of other stuff i can't remember their names right now you guys don't listen to this podcast for michelle yo michelle is that her name? Is something, yeah uh but yeah just like you would recognize almost everybody in the cast yeah. and the premise of the movie is your classic like the sun is dying that our planet's going to die. We got to send a group uh, into space to fix the sun. They're going to take hammers and screwdrivers and drill bits and like fix things. But oops. But they uh, something happens. <laughs> and this movie, I, I had vague memories of what was going on in this movie. And then I started to watch it back and I was like, oh, I'm now starting to remember what's going on. Uh, it's a very interesting set of situations they run up in. It just also goes to show you in every space movie like this, you're like, yeah, of course something's going to go wrong. Of course, some of the solar panels are going to break on the thing and like you're going to have to go out there and you're going to lose a couple people. Spoiler alert, everyone dies. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think if you know these types of movies, you know that everyone dies. Um, But the really interesting part of this movie, the very interesting part. Yes. We talked about this when we were watching it. Essentially, what I think the director was doing when he, uh, you know, was pitching this movie or like the whatever it's like 66% of this movie yes. is going to be your standard sci-fi space thriller, space thriller movie. Characters. You, you, you know. You've things are going to happen. Parts of the spaceship are going to break. We're going to work Somebody through it. Somebody has to go outside the spaceship. But 33% of this movie, I get to do whatever I want. <laughs> About two-thirds through, yeah. it just becomes a different movie. It completely flips. And you're like, what? And, I, and I'll argue... That it goes from like, like a nine, like a solid yeah, sci-fi solid. space nine Very well acted, very sixty-six percent. First sixty-six percent of the movie. The second, third, third, or the whatever, the last third of the movie is like a three. <laughs> You're like what? And, what? And it's very deja vu because of, the exact same thing happened. Yeah. Another movie we watched, which it's uh, what's. It's what do you remember the name of it? Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Yeah, Thank yeah, yeah. You. Oh, I thought that's what you looked up. No, no, oh. no. The exact thing happened with that movie Event Horizon, which if you listen to that episode, the thing on the poster said like infinite space, infinite terror. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah. we neglected to we, see that. We only looked at the infinite space part. And we we're like, oh, and yeah. the same thing happened where yeah. it was like it was like very similar. I think plot that one was fifty fifty though. I think that one was it more because it was like yeah, they were it right. just went on forever yeah, of this yeah, like second like, half. We're like, what is happening? It was actually very similar plot wise to really this was. movie, but the exact same thing where it just turns ho- almost horror. Yes, and you're like, why? Yeah, why? It was great up until this point, and then you did this whole shift. Uh, would we recommend that you watch Sunshine? Oh, I think it's a good if you're looking for obscure movies that you want to just. Yeah. Kind of scratch your head and at. And you love like a space thriller. And you do love a space thriller. Yeah. I definitely think it's worth a watch. Just for. Just I, know. Just to get to the 66% moment where you go, oh, yeah, oh, here we here go. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I was on board with like most of this movie. And, and then now, now, 
I don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Also, I just, I loved, once we were in that last third, just thinking about the director being like, ha, 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 I get to shake the camera constantly for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of filters. Also, do you remember when basically that moment where the twist happens? Yeah. And you and I both thought it was something completely different. We, and we, were, we were like, oh. And then, and then, and like, then someone else showed up. We were like, oh. Oh? Yeah, we both got the twist like, wrong. Okay, first of all, and how in the us, world would that happen? But okay, that's fine. Yeah, it took us like five minutes to be like, oh, it, it wasn't that. It was this. So overall... Sunshine, I would probably give it a six and a half. Yeah, I have. It has to get docked because of that yeah. ending. Because the the last third was a three. <laughs> yeah. But like, it, it's like an enjoyable. You want to watch three, yeah. but it's just it's compared to the rest of the movie. So anyway, right. uh, that's Sunshine. Sunshine. Now let's get to the hot. It's the hottest take, take. of all. Wow, I almost want to edit a little bit of this part in the beginning of this episode Don't. so that people wait around. Don't, because <laughs> I'm scared about this take, y'all. All right. We watched Lord of the Rings. The Fellowship of the Ring, the, the first movie. The Fellowship of the Ring. I had seen it, but obviously many, many, many years ago. And I didn't remember much from it. And I thought, oh, I like adventure. Yeah. I like epic stories. I mean, there's I references. The Hobbit. There's references to Lord of the Rings in so many things, right? Like, you Absolutely. just like, you think about it. It's like a part of culture in certain yeah, ways. Yeah, I wanted to be, yeah. I wanted to get familiar. Yeah. Uh, this movie was not for me. It yeah. was not a movie for me. You know what's me. amazing about this movie? In fact, I'm a little angry about it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. This movie's three hours long. Right. It's very long. Which you told me and Which I was like, I, mentally we were prepared, prepared for. for. We've had two other movies during our classic movie night festivities that are like hour and 20 minute movies that we've turned off after 15 minutes. Well, it wasn't turn it off bad. That's yeah. the thing. It's it's a good, I, I recognize, this is what's hard for me. I recognize that this it's is like, like a well Titanic. done movie. This is like Titanic for me. Yes. Yeah. Where it just, it misses you. It yeah. misses the part of you that is the remotely interested. Let me tell you for all the reasons I'm not interested yeah. in this movie. Again, not to like gender generalize, but I think it is a very male movie. There's no think. It is. Yeah. So yeah. it's, and I get it. It's, you know, male friendship. It's great. Whatever. But like, I, as a, like, I just didn't find any characters that I felt, not that you have to relate to a character that's yeah. the same gender as you, but like, I didn't feel any characters that I could relate to. Yeah. There's Kate Blanchett, there's Liv Tyler, but they sort of just exist as these yeah. like ethereal goddess creature, elf goddess creatures for, you know, it's kind of like that type of thing. Yeah. So that's fine. That's not the biggest thing. The biggest thing for me is just the absolute pace, pace at which <laughs> the very thin plot moves forward. Hey guys, you know how we love to preach like slow growth, slow and steady wins the race in business. Just take your time. Not in a movie. <laughs> because let me tell you something. And when I say thin plot, I mean, obviously, there's lots of things happening. But there's a core driving force in this movie, which is we got to go. Uh, spoiler alert. I mean, come on. We gotta it's get 20 years We got to destroy the ring. Okay. Yeah. When I tell you that the <laughs> end of this movie wraps up with yeah. an, a gentle embrace of Sam and Frodo. And I turn to Jason and I go, you mean to tell me they don't destroy the ring in this yeah. movie? Yeah. And you said, Oh no! Yeah, it's three movies to get to, to that. To that, part. and I said, "What? Yeah, what? Yeah. The entire plot of this movie <laughs> is just to get to a fucking river. That's where we. That's where we ended." Hey, just so you know, the name of the movie is Fellowship of the Ring. The entire plot of this one was to create a fellowship of the ring. Well, Nine people. Can we take the fellows somewhere? I mean, <laughs> we listen, did. We did. They took them. 
can we take them to a place where they can do more activities? Destruction and things, yeah. It's like, listen, this is a plot okay. of the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, here's another guy. Oh, yeah. here's another guy. He, oh, let's join this guy. Yeah. Oh, fight some orcs. Oh, more guys. Oh, orcs come along. Oh, fight some guys. Oh, guy dies. Oh, another guy dies. Oh, be my friend. Oh, let's hug. Oh, orcs, orcs. Oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. and then it's like, hey, remember that ring? Yeah. Still got it in my pocket. Uh, so here's what's really interesting about this movie and us watching it together. If you love Lord of the Rings, you're going to be so mad at me. And I'm sorry. I want, I'm happy for you if you love this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so happy for you. So I remember seeing these movies in the theater. I remember going with my friend Drew, who absolutely loved the books and just like was so excited to see these movies. I genuinely remember enjoying the movies in the theater, not walking out of them being like, best movies I've ever seen. I love, you know, whatever. I have not watched them since that moment Mm -hmm. because it's just such a commitment. And now I have gone back and watched all Mission Impossible movies in like one sitting Mm -hmm. because they're action packed. They're interesting. And what it said to me as we rewatched it was, wow, have our attention spans changed in movies? That's a part of it. In 20 years. I don't blame the movie. Yeah. The movie was made in a time where I think that epic unfolding of a story, Titanic, we had et cetera, such yeah. a better attention span for yeah. that type of pacing. In our TikTok generation now, this we're like... TikTok brain. I got TikTok brain. TikTok brain. I don't even have TikTok brain because I'm not even on it, but I understand it through all the other things I watch. But I, when I was watching this back, I was so bored. And I was trying to really like soak in like... The scenery and the moments and the writing and all these things. And it is good. Like, the writing is good. The cinematography is good. The green screen is not great. But, again, we're 20 years later. But I will just say, at the end of the movie, nothing in me was like, let's crank up the second movie. I was like, they didn't destroy the ring. This is it. (laughs) Yeah. I also, yeah, so the ending was a little bit of a letdown to me. But if you love it, I'm so happy for you. No, really. I don't mean that sarcastically. I mean, like, don't. Orc, orc, orc. Orc, orc. Don't let me yuck your yum. But I just, I need to share for anyone else out there who is like, am I missing something? Some things just don't hit for you. Yeah. And I also had a little bit of the syndrome with Game of Thrones, which I love. I ended up loving Game of Thrones. So I can like this type of like fantasy type yeah. stuff. But I remember watching the first season of Game of Thrones and they would say all these names and places yeah, and yeah, things. Yeah. And I would just be like, I need a fucking flow chart. Like, and they I made needed- them. There I know, plenty I would of them. look them up. Yeah. But this movie, I felt the same way. We had the subtitles on and I was like, well, no wonder so many people read the book. You needed to do homework yeah. to show up to this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "What Mordor? Is Mordor the, the, the planet? Yeah, is is a- it the general region is it a country yeah is it are we we have to go to mordor but it feels like mordor is the whole all right thing? let's wrap it up let's wrap it up uh, exhausted lord of the rings if you love it and you want to rewatch it all power to you we're not gonna go if you're a person like us who saw it and you're like oh should i rewatch that we would say no watch escape room and sunshine i think if you're someone who likes lord of the rings you already you've managed to rewatch it already yeah and if you just love it and it's like a thing that you do all, i mean we love watching movies i love re-watching movies i will re-watch movies all the time these ones though no thank you i got nine other hours i want to spend in many other places all right uh that'll wrap up our movies that'll wrap up a that's very a hot take very long-winded movie section but i mean you know that's fun I if you feelings. if you're here for the preamble and then you want like a little bit of business and then you want some movies. It's a format. We're the right place for you. That's right. You know, we're just sticking out. Act one, act two, act three. It's like a movie. Yeah, wow. except for we destroy the ring. 
You want to destroy a ring after this? That's just, what I just did. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. As usual, we appreciate you. We'll be back in your ears next week with another episode. Feel free to send us an email. Hello at Wandering Gameplay if you want to share any feedback. Maybe if you just want to commiserate with us and the fact that you also don't love Lord of the Rings but Please don't either. come for me if you're mad at me. I'm so and, sorry. Yeah. I'm happy for you.